Shalom, shalom, holy friends, those of you in the Zoom, those of you in the live stream, those of you on the recording side, we are so happy you're here with us here uh, in Nachlaot. We are in the holy city of Nachlaot in Yerushalayim with the great Reb Pesach Stadlin, who I had the great schus of uh, living with in Princeton, New Jersey, many decades ago, many, many, many decades ago. <laughs> And Reb Pesach is the spiritual director of Eden Village Camps and has led 17 international service learning trips with the American Jewish World Service and is a great teacher of Torah and a teacher of Neshama, teacher of the soul, and is deeply interested in how we can lift up others and be lifted up at the same time spiritually and in our advocacy work. And with that, I'm going to hand over to the great Reb Pesach to... uh, Thank you so much. What a journey. Thank you so much, Rev Shmuley. What a journey. Now, Shmuley's really like one of the oldest friends I have. We know each other from childhood. And um, uh, it's amazing to grow and see somebody grow. We've grown in sort of similar paths together, huh? And we traveled, uh, we traveled uh, on an American Jewish World Service trip together. So anyway, it's a real an honor and a treat to be here. Uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening. The fact that you tuned into this means that you care about the pursuit of justice. So you already you already have a ratzon, a will inside of you, just by the fact that you clicked on this link or that you clicked to sign up. And I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that's, I don't know exactly how God works or anything like that, even though I'm technically a rabbi, but I imagine the creator of the universe likes to know that at least we're trying down here, you know, we're, we're trying, we're pursuing, we're tear doping how to be decent. Um, it's, it's sloppy. Wouldn't you agree, Shmuley? It's sloppy. Uh, justice and how to be righteous and how to be just, how to help a sick person or a sick world. It's not always so clear to us. We have a, we have a Torah, we've got sages, we've got the Shulchan Aruch. We've got friends and sages. Even with all of that, it's still not often clear. So first of all, I just want to say cheers to trying because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that just, they're, they're not really playing this game of trying to pursue justice. I will go further and give a little State of the Union address. I think last week there was a State of the Union. I would say, and t- you can tell me what you think about this, Shmuley and team. I would say that, humanity as a whole, that nations and humanity were as a, as a species sort of new at being decent, at, at uh, giving a bill of rights for minorities, at uh, trying to be decent to anybody who's not, you know, the same nationality and gender that we hold, right? I would say even we as a human species, uh, we come from tens of thousands of years of, of, of empires, st- of stealing, of raiding, of hoarding, of power grabbing. That's what humanity's really been like since the fall from Eden, you know? Um, and it's, we're sort of new. It's really since World War II that we're even, I feel like as a humanity at least, being decent to our neighbors, as a verb, we're still sort of new at it. So first of all, cheers for us, like becoming more decent species. And also we have a lot of room to go. 
And also we can be a little kind to ourselves as a humanity that we're like pretty new at equality. <laughs> like it's, it's a new thing. And, uh, and I, I uh, just, I don't know whoever's listening, but such a shout out to, to Shmuley and team um, and Uri Litzedek for, for really pushing the line and uh, being on the growth tip of this branch of the tree of life. I really, I really see you and know you as a pioneer. And uh, I don't know what, anyway, got instilled in you to give you such strength and vigor and wisdom, but, you know, may it, may it be contagious. So anyway, first point is we're sort of new at this, being decent. Second point is it's sloppy. So don't expect it to be clean. <laughs> be okay with it being a little sloppy. Um, I was asked to share about Jewish practices that can bolster us and strengthen us as, 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 as advocates of justice, correct? Yeah. I want to, you know, I'm, I'm a, a Jew, so I like to like nitpick and dissect words. And one of the words there that I want to nitpick on and, and maybe challenge even is the word practice. It's, I don't know, do we, do we, in our tradition, is there, I wonder what word we would use for a, to have a Jewish practice. Uh, do you practice this Judaism? I don't know that we do, because practice implies that it's preparing for another time. So, so that's really the first place I want to go to. There are practices, you know, sometimes if, you, if you're working out your muscle or you're, you're learning how to read the Aleph Bet. That could be a practice for your Bar Bat Mitzvah or something like this. But one of the main points that I think that, that Yahadut, that Judaism, that our ancestral wisdom tradition affords us and gives us is the opportunity over and over and over again to get real. To, to, to show up in our moments with awareness, with consciousness and an open heart. And to me, like that's part of the missing medicine because it's so easy to walk through this life and ignore other people's stories, the needs of humanity. And so it's easy in today's world to be distracted. I feel like what our tradition, what Judaism really brings to the world and, 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 and certainly to us are all these moments to stop and tune into the great what's going on. You know, some people think of, of meditation or attunement as more of an Eastern, uh, like an Indian people. Jews go to India because often they're not given the, the language or the opportunity to get real in their own tradition. And I want to say to whoever's listening, whoever's here, uh, Steve G and I love Torah. And, you know, one of the great gifts that our tradition has given us is the ability to get real. And once we get real and strengthen that muscle, we start noticing more. Our tradition was really founded on Moses noticing. It says it clearly in the Torah that what, what, what did Moses do? One of the most amazing parts is that he noticed this bush. He noticed. And to me, one of the big differences between a justice advocate, a justice warrior, uh, and somebody who's just sort of ignoring uh, the great needs of their neighbors 
is that they're just not noticing. They're not noticing, right? So, so in our tradition, I mean, you can think for yourself, I'll ask it as a question, where are the places where we get to stop and tune in? Well, all over the place, three times a day, we're told to stop our walking and to stand in the Amida, right? Every seven days, we have a stoppage of, of action for a whole day to stop a day of presencing, right? Every time we say a blessing, every time before we're going to eat a, a, a bite of bread, a, a cracker, anything, a bowl of rice, we stop and tune in to the truth of this situation. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. And I guess I want to like bring it back to the, the, the practice is I, I feel like we, as a, as a nation of Israel, we need to put more emphasis on getting beyond the remembrance doing Judaism as a remembrance, a zecher, zecher, let's see how it's right, zecher, and make our rituals real moments of presence and clarity. And, and through that, I believe, a justice, a clearer version of justice, a less sloppy, and a, and a greater noticing will occur. That's my thought. Any, any thoughts so far from the, from the crew here? Any, any, sounds you want to make any rebuttals or agreements you're welcome the floor is open anybody have a thought or yeah okay um somebody oh somebody said eddie eddie chavez says i love that okay good <laughs> so getting real um i guess i will share a little it's not a practice it's like it's a practice of getting real that i uh, find very meaningful in my life. Uh, it's a it's a it's a practice uh, that I do during the candle lighting on Friday nights and whenever we do candle lighting. So a lot of people sort of do Jewish ritual. They do it and they get it over with. Light over. What's next? You know. But um, one of the practices that I've learned that I love is sitting at the candles wordlessly to be present with the candles in a wordless way um, so i want to for people who are looking for skills to try out to make their jewish practice uh more more woke <laughs> more alive uh here's one of us when you're at your candles uh this shabbat is coming up shabbat zachor the shabbat of remembrance i invite you to make your candle's lit in a beautiful place that's safe, that's not going to catch on fire. Maybe make, put some nice, beautiful objects that are meaningful to you near, that, near, that, near the flames. And sit and try to just only notice what's in front of you. To only notice what's in front of you, the candles. And anytime words pop into your mind, let them, let them dissolve. Okay, so that's one way to be hyper-present with the great what's going on. I'm going to share in a little bit, I'm going to share another sort of awareness practice that's uh, dear to me. Um, I'll share that in a little bit. Okay, so that's your, that's your Shabbos candlelighting homework is to turn off the noise in your mind so that you can be a more aware, noticing human being. <sighs> so where is justice going to come from? Okay, okay, I hear your voices. I hear your thoughts. They're going to come from our hands. Yes, they're going to come from you and me. Yes, but where is you know, so often, if you look at history, people march on the streets for justice. They topple the evil 
you know, autocratic dictator, they seize control of power and then they end up sort of just recycling a different flavor of injustice, right? Eddie, how many times has that happened in the course of history? Have people revolted for the sake of justice in the name of justice? And they topple the tyrant, they topple the king, they get in charge, they get tempted. You know, they didn't have their, they didn't have their, their shita, they didn't have their ideas refined enough yet. It's so cool. One of the coolest parts of being a Jew or, or being engaged in the Jewish wisdom tradition is we have a multi-thousand-year-old debate that's recorded, a refining process on how to be decent in this world. That is a rare, that is a rare treasure, right? Wouldn't you agree? Just to have a written refining process of how to be a decent person, the quest of how to be decent. And um, so first of all, if you're also looking for other, <laughs> other practices or modalities for sharpening yourself, strengthening yourself, study the Talmud, you know, find a teacher, find a teacher, find Shmuley and study the Talmud, study the great conversation of how to walk in the world. The word, the word for Jewish law in, uh, in our ancient wisdom tradition is halacha. It's walking. It's a walking meditation. It's a walking practice. Yes. So um, find the sources of the great questions of the great conversation of how to walk in the world. That is our Talmud. So where is justice going to come from and how are we going to be more sharp, more clean, more helpful? How are we going to be better at bringing justice into the world? There is an idea. There is an idea that justice can flow from clarity and from truth. Capital T truth, okay? Which often gets overlooked. <laughs> it often gets overlooked. The capital T truth often gets overlooked. We need more words, okay? Because there's lowercase truth and uppercase. Eddie, you've got your lowercase truth for a million different things right? For what you like to eat, for how, you ex how you're experiencing this class right now, right? Where you like to go in your free time, um, what makes you happy, what makes you sad. Everyone's got their own personal private truth. Yeah. And I believe, and some would say, that there are absolute truths in this world. Things actually do happen or don't happen. Yeah. And in the last few years, and I don't want to get into politics. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in, in Ukraine, but we're not going to get really into politics. But one thing that I would say that became abundantly clear that both sides, that all sides would agree upon, if you look back at American, the political world in the last two, three, four years, one thing that all sides would agree upon is that people are dupable. Isn't that cute that we could all agree upon that? The left thinks the right, the right thinks the left is being deceived. So certainly one thing we can all agree upon is somebody's being deceived. You know, somebody's got the wool over their eyes about a lot of really important things, right? So one thing that I think can help us towards enabling just society and acts of justice and righteousness is being the art of being dedicated, a dedicated truth seeker. 
Can you, can you listening right now? Can you, can you raise your hand? And I mean, is that what you're after? Like, yeah. If that's really, because a lot of times we're not, that's not what we're after. A lot of times politically on, on topics that get politicized, we're, we're after feeling right and feeling like we're part of a team that knows what's going on, right? Or just, or just that we know what's going on. Like, I know that, I know, I know what's really going on. You know, people love that feeling of like, I'm smart, I know what's going on. And if that is your desire is to feel smart or to feel like a know-it-all or that your team wins, then, then, then that's not your, then truth is not, has, has not, has been lost to you. It's not your primary objective, yeah? And there, there are, I believe there are objective truths in the world. To get into a little, I hope it's all right, a little bit of, of, of what's happening in Ukraine. I just before I came on here, I was listening to a, a recording of a, of, a, of, a, of a son in Ukraine who called his father in Russia. And, and a week had gone by. The boy had been living in like a, in a bomb shelter. And the father said, called and said, in, a, in, in just sort of an innocent way, called his son, how's it going? I heard there's a, I heard there's a, you know, a peacekeeping mission in the Ukraine happening. And the son said, father, it's not, it's, you know, my city has been leveled, like, like World War II, so my city has been leveled. And the father said, no, I heard on the news. I heard on the news that it's just a, you know, a peacekeeping operation and they're just going in and they're feeding people in the Ukraine. They've gone there to feed people. It's what the father told the son. The son said, no, father, I am here. I am your son. Like I've been shot at. My, my building has been destroyed. Like I've seen death. And you know what? The father did not believe the son. The son had to hang up the phone with a father who did not believe his firsthand account. And so, and I know, I know probably a lot of people listening have also encountered maybe similar. I don't want to, I don't even want to mention those, those buzzwords because it's certain words you say them and immediately it goes and people, people start taking different sides, but you know, it's happened a, a lot lately where people just aren't sort of acknowledging the absolute truth. So um, truth questing, I feel like if we become more adept, more skillful at the art of exploring truth and what's going on. And I'm not just talking about my feelings. I'm talking about like what is actually happening in the world. And we're, we're dedicated servants to that question. I think that is going to have a trickle down. Isn't there a, a trickle down economics? It's about trickle down justice that comes from truth. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's, I'm pointing out some of the sort of the shortcomings that I see of why we don't live in a more just society. At the same time, I'm celebrating the great strides that we have taken. I mean, you know, if, if you were to ask, a, if you were to describe the state of justice, Shamuli, and I'm, I hope I'm not, this doesn't discourage anybody from the work that we're doing, but if you were to describe the state, the state of, you know, women's rights and minority rights in America today, and people of different sexual orientations, we're, you know, we're not done with this stuff, but if you were to describe it to somebody 60 years ago, which in historical context is nothing, we are, we are maybe beyond their, what they were capable of dreaming of. Um, 
And, and I, I do think it's important to celebrate successes at the same time to not become complacent and be like, okay, we're done because we're not. But celebrating, you know, where, where is our revolution coming from, right? Where is, is it all just because of the bad? Are we just against? Are we meet nagdim? Are we always against? Right? Are we always against? <laughs> there's, there's, another, there's another funny thought that I have too is like, in, in, in Star Wars, like there's the Empire and the Rebels, right? Right, if you've seen Star Wars, there's the Empire and the Rebels. Who's really the Rebels? Shmuley, are we the Rebels? I, I mean, sort of, I don't think so. I think the forces of darkness and the forces of oppression, the forces of, of, of power hoarding, although they've been in the throne of power for thousands, tens of thousands of years, they don't represent the, the empire of the masses, of the peaceful, loving majority, right? And, it, and in that way, because they're so few and they're rebelling against common decency, I sometimes like to sit back in my chair and say, you know what? Maybe we're the empire. You know, we've just, we've been on the run. We've been on the run for a while. And of course, the empire, not the imperialism, well, not empire the way that it's, it's been meant, but um, yeah. So another question that arises, I hope this is all right. I'm sort of throwing out. This is, uh, you know, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel talks about, are we Paro or, or are we the slaves? Like, you know, and I wonder, like, the, I, I, like I love the binary. Uh, are we the empire? Are we Paro? You know, but I, I wonder if there's a third space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Maybe, maybe, so maybe a better way to say it is like the aspect of ourselves that is, uh, is striving towards the enhancement of life, that that is, that that is foundational to, to, it's a foundational human quality and our desire to hoard power and to take power and to oppress others is, is like, maybe it's part of the human condition, but it's like a shortcoming because we are blessed to live on a planet that is so abundant. We're blessed to live at a time right now that is so abundantly wise, and, or smart rather, maybe not wise, smart. <laughs> my, one, of my, one, of my, one of my nine-year-old campers at Eden Village Camp where I, where I helped, to, helped to run, he, she, uh, she wrote a letter to the president. We, we commonly call the president uh, during bunk rotations and stuff like that. I wrote a letter to the president and said, you know, Hydrofracking, hydro you know, where you where you blast strange chemicals into the depths of the earth and you shake, create subterranean earthquakes that fart out gas uh, that we can then collect and use. Like that is really smart. It's not wise though. It's not a wise way to get your needs met. A nine-year-old kid wrote this to the president and the mayor. So the difference between smarts and wise uh, are important to distinguish upon. Ha, huh. okay. So that is, that, is, uh, that is all to say. We're doing a good job and we've got a lot more to do. Um, one, another point that I wanna point out in being a, 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 a justice, shalom, shalom, a, a justice seeker is um, there's, there's another dichotomy. We just spoke about the dichotomy of being, you know, our, our yetzer, our tov, our desire for good and our desire for 
hoarding and stealing and pillaging, which you're right, Shmuley, we do have. It's in us. It's in us. There's another dichotomy that I want to tune us into um, is uh, the, the, the dichotomy of being sensitive and hypersensitive versus being numb. So in our quest for awareness, one thing you want to ask yourself and become aware is where are you? How do you show up when you hear about the mess of the world? You know, because if you're, if you're an extremist in either direction, you're not, you're, you're going to be less effective at, uh, at, at, at bringing change into the world, right? If you crumble, if you crumble, if you're hypersensitive, which I know many people are so sensitive and you crumble every time, you're, you're not going to be able to do the work and you might actually turn into a numbist, a numbist. So anybody listening now, spend us a micro moment and notice where are you? How do you show up when you hear about the, the drech, the mess, the problems? Are you a crumbler? Or are you numb? You know, the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe says, you're not, a Jew is not supposed to be an extremist. Extremism, it makes a mess. He says, if you're going to be, an, it, but if you're going to be an extremist, the only type of extremism that's okay is to be extremely kind. But even that, as you know, you know, Shmuel, like that can even, if you're, if you're kind to the extent where you don't have a bed to sleep in, where you don't have a roof over your head, you don't have a coat to keep yourself warm because you're giving it out to everybody, then you, you're, you're, become, you know, you have to keep yourself situated as well right so even kindness can be overdone to the point of of, of uh, creating a problem all right so we spoke about the state of the world we spoke, spoke about the sloppy nature of justice seeking we spoke about getting beyond a practice in our jewish ritual to a place where we're we're getting real at our passover seder we are experiencing liberation yeah um this purim that we experience you know really experiencing admitting that we don't know that our that our, we don't know everything you know that humility that comes with not knowing that we experience that that we sort of laugh at the what's hidden in the world like get real with all of that now Purim, Purim is around the corner thank god uh it's it's such a poor world we're living in i mean there's there's a there's a Jew, Jewish president of a country, you know, where, you know, probably over hundreds of thousands of Jews were murdered recently. There's a Jewish king. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a poor world in case you didn't know. It's a topsy-turvy world. Um, one, one point that I like to look at with the Purim story is the Amalekites and what they stood for. The Amalekites are a nation and an energy that are described as being antithetical to who we are as a nation. The Amalekites are described as being antithetical. Now, I've said this before in another, another uh, a lesson, but we can learn something by who we're not. It's not the most beautiful way to learn who you are is by who you're not, but we can learn something. So let's see who Amalek is and we can learn who we're not from this. So Amalek 
shows up on the scene right after we leave Mitzrayim, we leave the narrow places, we leave constricted consciousness, and we step out into the world and we're like, here we are. We're, we're walking with God on our side. We are servants. We are Kohanim of the divine in this world. We are here to, to serve humanity, divine will. Like that's what we're here for. We step out into the world. Has that ever happened to you? Anybody listening? You, see, you figure out who you are. This is who I'm going to be. Oh my God, I figured out who I'm, what I'm here to do. And I'm going to step out and do it. So and then Amalek comes and is like, nah, you, you've, had, you've had big ideas before. And they, they, they didn't turn out so good. So you probably should just, you know, go back to the same old, same old. That voice is Amalek. It chips away at your vulnerable spot, at your weak place, and it gets in there and tries to crumble your purpose in life. And of course, Amalek was a physical nation with physical weapons that also struck at our vulnerable. They would strike at the back of the line where the, the elders, where the weak, where the sick were. And they would, they would hit at that weak spot, at the vulnerable. We are the nation that is antithetical to Amalek. We do the opposite of that. And I mean, Shmuley, that's what you're doing. That's what your team is doing. Eddie, that's what you spend your days doing is we protect the vulnerable. I, 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 uh, I've studied a little bit of comparative religion. So I don't want to say the most, but Shmuley and Eddie, maybe you can back me up. I think Judaism has at least as many, if not more, societalistic commandments for how to take care of vulnerable people, laws and commandments that sort of help to make sure that the widow, that the orphan, that the hungry person, that the stranger, that, right, that the refugee has a place at the table. I've, ne I've not heard of another religion that has so many, not just ideas or notions, but laws, meets vote, commandments to take care of the vulnerable. That either the ones that show up, right? Shemitah, every seven years. My, my fruit trees belong to everybody, right? Debt forgiveness. Societal debt forgiveness. It's in the Torah. It's a mitzvah. We're in the Shemitah year right now, right? How amazing is that? sabbatical radical sabbatical radical uh, the jubilee i mean land redistribution these are these are more radical than any current nation i mean nobody's nobody's actually doing all of these things in full glory but if any one nation were to do this this would be the most societalistic taking care of the needy and vulnerable society in the world today if, if the torah if these commandments of of caring for the needy were actually fully being enforced. Um, so yeah, Purim, Amalek, going after the vulnerable. We're antithetical to that. We're the ones who look after the vulnerable. That's like our ikar, it's our essence. So I just wanted to uh, notice that as, uh, yeah, as, as the holiday of Purim. 
is coming. Um, yeah. On Purim, we're supposed to get beyond sort of our ideas of good and bad. And, and while we're on the word good, because some say that when you get beyond good and bad, it's not that you're left with nothingness. That's a very like Buddhist idea that beyond good and bad, there's nothingness. What I've studied in Torah Judaism is that beyond good and bad is good. <laughs> there's, a, there's a love. This world, Olam Chesed this world is birthed out of a loving desire. And so on Purim, hopefully we, we do get to taste this. But, but um, one, of the, one of the, part of the work I think of, of, of justice seeking of clarifying reality and getting closer to objective truth is our usage of words. So I want to give a shout out to anybody listening to, to celebrate words, English, even English words, and certainly Hebrew words. The more words that we know and the more properly we can use words, our thoughts become richer. Our thoughts, we can, we, can, we can grok, we can comprehend more. We can see more, we can think through more with more words, right? And then the clearer we can think, right? On a good day, our actions come from our beliefs that come from our thoughts, right? On a good day, our actions are being led by our, 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 our best thoughts, and our beliefs. So words are super important. So one word that gets thrown around a lot, and it's a great word, is the word good. You know, we try to sor mira vasetov, go away from ra, rasha, <laughs> rasha. No, sorry, <laughs> try not to get political. Well, uh, sor mira vasetov, and do good. And like I started off by saying, it's very hard sometimes to know what is good, how to help a neighbor. I think the world right now is like trying to figure out how do we help these guys, right? <laughs> how do we help? So one little flip that I like to do on the word good, which has been helpful or good for me, <laughs> and maybe it'll be good and helpful for you, is to replace the word good with life enhancing. Because if you say that something is good and you just leave the sentence at that, oh, it's good. This is a, he's good. This is good for you. Good for what? Is it good for my bank account? Is it good for my health? Is it good for my prestige? Is it good for my honor? Is it good for my life? Is it good for other people's lives? It's an incomplete, just saying something's good. It's so sloppy, right? And what I want to see, certainly from the Jewish world, is like, like getting better at clarifying ideas and thoughts. And I think by using more words and thinking more about our word usage, you know, we're going to become a smarter people and a smarter people, we're going to be more capable at helping those who need help. Um, one, of the, one of the greatest, I'll tell you personally, I hope it's all right to share a little disappointment, but I was so underwhelmed by the debates on the, on the, on the, on the, on the virus that came through, that's been coming through this world in the last two years. Okay, so a virus showed up. There are some observable truths and facts around it. And I saw so many debates and I, I took part in some of them myself on the topic. And 
it, they were often just so poorly played out. And as a Jew who studies the Talmud and the Gemara, a book of debates, of differing opinions, where when somebody's opinion is proven wrong, it gets knocked out, and then you go further and you get closer to good, to the enhancement of life, to emet, to truth. Right, Shmuel? Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that where we come from? Isn't that where modern Judaism, we have Torah, and then the Talmud Gemara was this great conversation, but a debate, a refining process. Are you often, I mean, do you get un underwhelmed at the state of when you try to talk through a topic with people and something as clear as day, you know, uh, you show someone a picture of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a filled hospital ward or you tell them, man, the hospital is overfilled and they still won't, you know, won't believe it. Or I don't know, like I've just been underwhelmed. And as Jews, and especially as rabbis who are, we study the Talmud, I've seen rabbis who also aren't skilled at it. It's like embarrassing. I feel like we're the people of, of the book of debating for the sake of truth. And yet in the last few years, when it was a time for great, where there was so much debate on the elections, on this, on that, I, I was underwhelmed. And I think, and I say that not just to be harsh on me, but I, this is somewhere where we, where we can certainly grow. And we, as a nation of Israel, we've got a lot of tools. We've got debating modalities, and we've got great examples of, of knocking out nonsense, or knocking out not just nonsense, but things that are just wrong, that are off. People cling, man. They cling like their life depends on this notion that I once clung to. So this is all for the sake of justice. I think if we're better thinkers, better debaters, we're going to be closer to the truth. And there's a, there's a flavor of justice that's going to flow from truth. Some people say that the great peace on earth, when nation will not lift up sword against nation, where people won't oppress other people unnecessarily or at all, that it's going to come from a, a da'at elyon, a higher awareness, a higher connection to the greats what's going on. And that peace will flow from that and that justice will. And we'll know how to act. They say in the world that's coming, it's going to be clear how to be. There's going to be one halacha. It doesn't mean that everybody does all the same thing, that we're all just like robots moving around. And that we interact with land the same way all over. But it's going to be clear to us how to be in this world. And so we might as well strive for that while we're here. In this precious, delicate, supercharged time. You know, I feel like they're watching us from heaven, Shmuley, and they're like, You all got so much going for you right now. Oh my God. You have so much. You have so much wisdom. Oh my gosh. Back in the day, if I wanted to study a mystical book, I, pro I probably would have to travel for three months on a horse and buggy which would be great but like I have to, you know and I to get to a book that was maybe going to be there it was like and now I've got every book in the world at my fingertips without wires that's that's like that would for sure be considered magic this phone of mine was considered magic 200 years ago they couldn't even conceive of a magical device like this phone that all of us have 
that gives us access to information, to communication, right? The scientific wisdom we can see with a telescope to the edge of the world. We can see micro nano, nanoparticles. You know, like we're so brilliant. We've got so much going for us. Um, we need more wisdom on how to use these tools. And I know that all the angels are rooting for us and just like, come on, use it for the enhancement of life. Use your wisdom, use your technology for the enhancement of life. Because there's nothing better to do. And we're all in it together. And nobody wins unless we're all winning. It's a, as clear as day. It's a myth that you can just go live in Hawaii and live on your little, you know, permaculture farm in Hawaii and think that the mess of the world ain't going to touch you. We saw that when Fukushima blew up and there was radioactive waves blowing over the mango farm and avocado farms in Hawaii, like the trash washes up, you know. One thing, one of the most beautiful things Corona taught us is that we are certainly all interconnected by invisible forces, right? <laughs> if we're paying attention, nobody can deny that, you know, that we are connected by invisible forces. And uh, so anyway, I think that's what I wanted to, to share today. There's so much in our tradition that really can mold us, can shape us, can work out our muscles to show up as justice Jedis. It's up to us to show up though and get real. Every holiday is an opportunity to reboot and to get real. Every blessing opportunity, a Jew is supposed to say a hundred blessings a day. Every time you smell something beautiful, anytime you benefit from this world is a God opportunity, is a truth opportunity, is an awake opportunity to tune into the big picture of the great what's going on, on and then walk with that. And so that's my bracha and my wish for us is that we, we take the opportunities afforded to us, whether it's a holiday, a blessing opportunity, or just a conversation and use it to get real, to tune into the great what's going on. Our lives are precious. We're easily distracted or attracted to nonsense. We have to admit that we're dupable. We are dupable. We're gullible. We can be deceived. All of us need to own that we can be tricked. And we have to be trickier. We have to be trickier to not get tricked. We have to be cleverer. All right. And um, yeah, and let's make it together. I'd like to see the great day where we, we use all of our powers for the enhancement of life. It's really the best thing to do even in a healthy, selfish kind of way, right? In the healthy, selfish way. Like, you want to live, live great? You have a justice, you need a just society. All right. That's those are my thoughts. Any, 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 any thoughts or or, or sounds or songs or you know uh, oppositions, I, I'd be open to hearing. Yeah, definitely. I'm wondering, um, you used the, the Justice Jedi and you talked about it as well. I'm wondering if you can put a Jewish lens to the acronym that I, uh, as a community organizer, I, I've actually heard the term Justice Jedi as they break it down to justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. How do you see that play out with, um, with your Jewish practices? That's amazing. First of all, wow. Um, second of all, like... <laughs> Shmuley, I know you got a lot of books. I'm sure you, I have them too. I've got like, I've got 10 folders of 10 different books I'm like working on, right? I'm sure I know you do. 
I know you got like 10 in the hopper, right? <laughs> the one of the ones, one of the ones I'm working on is um, things that like Hollywood and mass media have borrowed from, from the Torah and from Judaism. And the force that moves through all things is the Ain Sof, the infinite never ending oneness of the divine. That's a Jewish Kabbalistic principle. And the cool, and that is that that is really the essence of Judaism. It's it's directly linked with Ahafta Larecha Kamocha, love the other as you want to be loved, because why? Because we're interconnected. And if I and if I drop bombs on you, I'm dropping bombs on myself. If you're if you're in need, it's like I'm in need. So this idea that the, the Jedi, first of all, knows how to tune in, knows how to quiet the mind and tune into the great what's going on, how to focus and be real. And they're tuned into the, the interconnected oneness, the force that moves there. There's a great force that moves through everything, yeah? And one of the adages that I, one of the justice Jedi ways that I like to sort of retranslate Ahavtalarecha Kamocha is if I were that vulnerable person, how would I wish someone else would show up for me? I think that's, I think that's a great justice lens to look at a hafta love the others, you know, love them. And I was like, if I was vulnerable, how would I wish my neighbors? Would they knock on my door? Would they leave a food basket quietly at my door? Would they call me every day? Would they announce it publicly that I had a problem? Or would they ask me first if I should, like, so yeah, and and uh, the Jedi is supposed to walk with the Force. You know, it's like a lifestyle thing. And so, you know, all this stuff that we learn as Jews, the the great teachings, the great, don't let it just live in a book. Like walk with it, walk down the market with it. You know, look at every opportunity as a as a as a Jedi opportunity, as a truth opportunity. The great capital truth, T truth is around us at all times it's in every moment that we're in it sometimes lives as thoughts we can sometimes think think about the great truth sometimes on a good day we can speak about the great truth but also there's a way of just blending into it and tuning into it um and so these are these are some of the the just the justice jedi modalities uh that i that i uh like to look at but i, I really liked your definition as well Where do, uh, Pesach, where do we find God in our justice work? Ah, well, that's a, that's a tricky question because on the, you know, there's so many different flavors and faces of God, right? So it's like, anytime you say God's in one place, there's all, you know, so God, you know, the, 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 the big, the big answer is God's in all of it. God's in all of it. God's in, I mean, Hey, listen to this, listen to this. And I hope, I, I hope I'm not like crossing the line politically or something, but like, look at how Vladimir Putin has united the world, not the whole world, but like, look how together I've never seen the world. So like together on something, creating unity. So that's not the way we want to make unity, but you can even find an aspect of togetherness or a positive meta, or maybe even a divine meta in somebody who's, who's uh, tyrannizing their neighbor, right? I mean, you have to have really subtle eyes and 
you know, and that, that that's that it leads. I hope I'm not uh, skipping your question, but it leads to another really important point is like, and I, I mentioned this before, like how much are we against? Are we doing this to be against something or how much are we moving towards something? I think it makes a really big difference. If you take a picture of somebody, it looks the same. You're doing something, you're moving, but are you running away from or are you moving towards? Of course, to some degree, both, but I think the world needs more energy on what we're moving towards. That is to say, there's, 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 a, there's divinity, there's holiness, there's godliness in what we're achieving and in, in what we're fixing in front of us. And there's even broken, shattered sparks of the divine in, in the mess of the world. Yeah? So there's different flavors. There's different flavors. Of course, our work is to be like little Baal Shem Tovs. I mean, the Baal Shem Tov, uh, Eddie, is like, you know, he's like, he's sort of like, he's our Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, all in one, you know? And, um, and, he, and they say what he would do is called Yehudim is unifications, which, you know, we could spend the rest of our lives studying, but like, yeah, bring, putting, making connections, connecting things that enhance life. You know, and you do this, Eddie, as a, as an organizer, but, oh, you need to talk to this person. We just, oh, you've got this and they need that. Yehudim, connections. Yehudim also are like mystical. There's a mystical aspect to that too. We can do Yehudim and just how we look at each other, right? So, um, Shmuel, was that all right? I hope that's, <laughs> God is such a, oh my God kind it. of question. I love it. Yep, I love oh it. my God topic. <laughs> okay. If anyone else has a question, Steve, if you want to jump in or anyone else wants to jump in before we wrap Good up here. Steve, Steve. Justice, justice. Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof. Rodef Shalom. It's interesting that we're told to pursue justice. I'm, it is important to pursue. It sort of gives us leeway to be sloppy. In, in, in some aspects of life, you're not told to pursue things. You're told to like, you know, do it. But we also are told, it's interesting, uh, the Noahides, the, 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 the people who want to adhere to Jewish law who aren't, you know, necessarily Jewish, they're given seven commandments. The Noahide laws, six of them are negative. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. There's only one that's in the positive, which is to make courts of justice. Because if you don't have justice, you know, you might say, why don't they say make, make hospitals, make schools, make this, make that. If you don't have a just society, everything else is going to be messed up. Everything else is going to be messed up. You don't have a decent sense of justice. And yeah, it's a work in progress and nobody's done it perfect. There's no society that's ever done a perfect justice system. Um, but uh, the Noahide laws, it's the only positive one because it's so important and it sort of, it touches all forms of goodness. Justice touches all forms of goodness in our lives. Let's, you know, let's not take it for granted ever the aspects of justice that we do have in our society. They're super celebratable. There's a lot to celebrate. <clears throat> Amazing, amazing. Friends, we're going to pause here. Hopefully the first of many times learning with Rav Pesach together. Love these reflections and, uh, and the depth of insights around tools and Torah and how we can uh, deepen this commitment in our lives and sustain it. And we can't wait to see those 10 books come out. We need those 10 books. <laughs> we need them.
So please uh, make it happen. <laughs> Have a great day. Purim Sameach. Have a great day. Thank you so much.